Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Simply Shipped, an E2Log podcast. I'm your host Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the show. If you missed our first episode, which is a pretty great scene setter and introductory episode for the future of the podcast, as well as how we see our company playing an important role in the industry, you definitely want to go back and listen to that one before jumping into this conversation. So make sure you go do that. We would love to hear your thoughts on how you see E2Log being put to good work for your industry. So as we continue more conversations on the podcast, laying down technologies, strategies and actionable analysis of our global economy's shipping paradigms and supply chain networks, I want to make sure that you're all tapped into E2Log's content so that you can re-reference any touch points that you may have questions on or just so you can get in touch if you do have more questions. To do so, make sure you're heading to our website, e2log.com. Again, that's E, the number two, log.com. There you'll find more episodes of the podcast. You'll also find articles, blogs, videos, you name it. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations plus notifications when we drop new episodes. So let's continue with the conversation today. Shippers across industry are grasping for solutions and methods, and that's putting it lightly, to put the power of logistics back in the hands of the shipper. And so we're having the important conversations on our podcast to lay those stepping stones and hopefully offer some solutions. Today's episode is continuing off of our last episode, which again was kind of an introductory episode to E2Log's vision of the logistics industry's woes, of the history of the company, and how its strategic business decisions line up with and uh, support where the supply chain needs some you know, muscle today. So again, last episode was all business, but this episode is a little bit more about the technology of E2Log, peeking under the hood and giving you a look at how we laid out the infrastructure of our tech to support the logistics industry. Since this is another introductory episode, let me lay out a quick E2Log um, elevator pitch or summary so that you get a sense for what the company does and how that frames up the conversation. So E2Log is a cloud-based logistics orchestration platform that digitizes the interface between the shippers of cargo, putting more power back in their hands, and the relationship with the logistics service providers. So that would be freight forwarders, customs brokers, truckers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this unique operating platform enables end-to-end lifecycle management, which is critical. And this applies to not only international shipments, but also domestic ones. And this is via all modes of transportation for cargoes of all sizes and types. So naturally, we know the last two years were very difficult for the industry, and this just goes to show. E2Log is keeping in mind the very interconnected nature of our supply chain and understanding that to service the supply chain today means being lean and giving you a new set of eyes and perspectives on your operations. So what we want to do from there is analyze the company's role in bringing power and oversight back to shippers, uh, but then more specifically, why it's so critical that our technology play a supporting, an integrated, an easy to use, and a lean part of the logistics industry. And we'll do all of that by digging into the specs of the technology and how it works in practice. So here's that conversation. We're excited to have you all back listening to another episode of Simply Shipped. Let's go ahead and kick off the episode by introducing our two guests. Let's jump in. 
First up, we're joined by Mr. John Donnelly III. He's co-founder and CRO at E2Log. John, great to have you on. How are you doing? Great, Daniel. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time. And we're also joined by Mr. Mark Scott. He's co-founder and CTO of E2Log. Mark, thanks for your time. How are you doing? Doing well, Daniel. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's a real pleasure uh, getting to sit down with both of you and kick this podcast off to a strong start. Um, you know, just to get a feel for what y'all are excited about with this show, lay that out for our audience, right? What is getting you amped about the conversations you're hoping to have on this podcast? And kind of what role do you see this platform and this, um, this space for conversations playing as we uh, move forward in the industry? Yeah, I think it's really important for, for our listeners out there to realize that uh, e is, is a different approach to the industry problems that have been out there in supply chain for some time. Um, a lot of people are used to hearing uh, the same thing from a lot of different vendors around TMS solutions and visibility. Neetolog has developed a platform that's uh, very different, very unique, and uh, very easy to use. So we're really excited about kind of uh, releasing that to, to the industry and really talking more about that and providing you know, continued thought leadership and domain expertise around the company and around this, the platform. Uh, Mark and the team have developed a tremendous uh, software as a service opportunity here for people to be, to be able to uh, work more closely with us, and we're excited about it. Yeah, for 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 me, I think it's about keeping the conversation going that's basically sitting on the front uh, page in the newspapers, right? So um, supply chain has really come to the forefront over the last couple of years. All of us are feeling it in different ways when we go to the grocery store, when we try and you know buy furniture or whatever it is right now. Uh, supply chain's in the front of the of everybody's mind, and so. I think it's really awesome opportunity for us to engage with uh, people that are experiencing this, um, our customers, our, our potential customers who are interested in doing supply chain better, um, introducing our technology uh, into that market and, and hopefully solving some real problems that make an impact in day-to-day -day lives. Well, now let's get a little bit more background on the two of you and a bit of uh, background on the technology that we're going to be breaking down today. So give us that elevator pitch of how your perspectives uh, help inform the whole show, really, but then also uh, your thoughts on the podcast today. And then we'll get into some of the main trends that are, uh, I guess, warranting this solution in the first place. So again, give us that quick elevator pitch background from both of you. Sure. I mean, I think ultimately, uh, I, I just joined the company about two months ago and kind of come on board to help lead the go-to-market operation of the business and to uh, and to drive our uh, you know kind of thought leadership into the market around uh, customer success and marketing and sales and kind of global uh, logistics partnerships that we're building. So really excited to do that. Uh, we'll be launching a brand new website uh, with a ton of new content. So really excited about that. And again, really really interested to. Uh, ensure that uh, our, our, our buyer's journey is really clear and concise in terms of how they learn about what Etalog has to offer and, and why we're very unique and different around inter international logistics projects that uh, we've already seen great success with and would like to continue doing as well. So this is really about uh, kind of educating the market, educating folks to, again, really to begin to understand why Etalog's platform is uh, kind of a, a global standard for international logistics, and we're excited about it. Yeah, and from from my side, I, I, you know, uh, I've been with E2Log now three years, and I've had a chance to kind of be there from the early days when we were still um, a, a proof of concept more than anything else. And it's been really exciting to spend the last three years kind of building the product, trying to stay low low under the radar for a little bit while we kind of um, evaluated our strategy from a product development perspective. But um, really, it's been about 
engaging with, with select customers early on, kind of building out the platform to where it was really ready to solve um, meaningful, big problems in the supply chain space. So I think we're really at that turning point at this point, and this is a, a little bit of a coming out party for us in a lot of ways, where we want to engage with uh, the broader market and, and really bring that solution out to the public. One other thing I'll add to that, I think, is that you know, coming in as, as, the, as a new person on the block, so to speak, it's been really refreshing to see that uh, the company, uh, while we've been relatively in stealth mode for some time now, uh, the companies took the time to build a platform that truly scales. We have enterprise customers now using it, which you'll learn more about in future podcasts and videos and things on our on our new website. But we're just excited that we you know built a platform that we we know we know scales. As I said, uh, the user interface, as we'll talk about uh, today, um, is very is very strong, very easy to use, very easy to implement and understand. So it's very different than most of the platforms in the space today that take a lot more time and effort, integrations that are more complicated. So. We've, we've solved a very complex problem with a very, with a very simple solution in terms of usability um, and, and for folks to be able to get on the platform quickly, get training, get onboarded and, and be productive within 90 days, which is very unique for any software as a subscription product to begin with. And certainly for this space, certainly uh, a welcome, uh, welcome effort. Absolutely. Especially because so many of the challenges revolve around that seeming lack of power or oversight in entire logistics operations, getting a solution to market that once implemented can feel those returns so quickly is very needed. You know, there's no time to waste definitely in finding solutions that can create momentum uh, that last as well as we continue our way out of the the peak of supply chain challenges we saw over the last couple of years. So what I want to do now is get y'all's thoughts on what those main challenges are and how they're manifesting for your clients. So what would you say are the main logistics challenges, keeping oversight and management power out of the hands of the shipper today? And what's your general idea on how we should be addressing those challenges holistically? Yeah, so I, I, I would break it down into, you know, kind of three reasons contributing to why there's so many challenges and lack of oversight. I think first and foremost, while there's been a more recent investment in technology, um, really in the supply chain space, it's focused primarily on material procurement and the focus on the logistics aspect of it, which is absolutely a critical part of it, has really been a laggard in terms of um, uh, investment into to the technologies and advancements that are happening there. Um, the second thing I think is just to acknowledge that this world has been dominated by freight forwarders for years and uh, freight forwarders do some amazing things. They're the ones actually, you know, coordinating and moving cargo in a lot of instances. But uh, those freight forwarders have focused on their own operational investment in terms of technology as well. Right. And so ultimately, they have some excellent technology when it comes to working with their their. Uh, warehouses and their trucking companies and, and their shipping lines. But when it comes to the customer experience, uh, that's really where there's been, again, a, a big lack of investment and a lack of focus in there. Um, in, in with this focus on, on a freight forwarder dominated business, um, really what it's ended up happening as well is that the business runs on contract rates, right? And uh, what's happened that we've seen over the last couple of years is those rates um, ended up really not being worth the paper they were written on in the sense that uh, as the supply chain crisis hit, um, those things kind of went by the wayside, right? But the problem is those first two contributing factors, a lack of technology um, in, in the logistics space and a reliance on single freight forwarders to, to operate 
really led shippers to no choice. They had essentially single sourced in a lot of instances, or even in instances where they had multiple partnerships, really they were, they were hand tied by these contract rates and things like that. Can you quantify that impact for us then? You know, when logistics oversight isn't a priority and when shippers aren't in control of their own logistics, uh, what is the net effect and how does this create some dominoes too? Because as we find, one hit to the supply chain usually is felt by all partners and consumers even. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's really two main impacts of this, right? One is price and one is visibility, right? So first of all is is the price aspect of it, right? So when shippers aren't in control of um, of, of this logistics business of, of the full supply chain, right? They end up picking the wrong partners to work with or they'll pick the right partner for some lanes, but you know other lanes won't work or some mode of transportation, other ones, but they end up getting tied to um, what would be an insufficient or, or non-optimal solution when it comes to doing that, right? So the, that means they're overpaying for a suboptimal solution, right? And part and parcel with that is the visibility aspect, right? Very often in this business, again, because of the lack of investment in technology, while you may know when something's on a plane or you may know where a ship is, you may even know where a truck is, um, that's not the full supply chain. That's not the full uh, journey that material takes as it goes. And very often, uh, customers don't even know what's sitting on that plane or that truck specifically until the package arrives at their door, right? So that lack of of um, visibility plus the price really has massive impacts. And the dominoes, as you asked, are are really um, in, in a couple of ways. We're seeing this now, right? So first of all, you don't have material on shelves, right? So you have a lack of, in, of material because you didn't order early enough with your supplier. Okay, now there's nothing that you can put on the shelf to your end customer, right? So manufacturing processes get backed up and things like that. Um, on the other hand, a lot of people now, because they don't have control or visibility, are over-ordering material, right? So now they're stacking the shelves with material they don't even need. So you get bloated inventory, and the byproduct of that is your landed costs for your goods and how much you have to charge your customers goes up because you need more warehouse space and you're paying more for logistics. So at the end of the day, you know, these dominoes affect you and me and everybody that's that's at the end of this supply chain who's purchasing from these companies because you're paying higher prices and you don't know when you're going to get your stuff. You have a bad experience. So I think a lot of what we're seeing out here is the ripple effect of Slack technology is um, everybody's got to do something to adjust for that. But um, anybody that's not investing in technology is is suffering in some way. One other thing I'll add to that is I think a lot of our customers we talked to today or prospects we talked to today. Uh, literally in, in the supply chain space have very archaic systems in place still, um, you, you know, utilizing spreadsheets and email and texting and WhatsApp, you name it, in terms of what they use to communicate today. So it's really not that efficient and very difficult for people to have a global view of what's going on. And the way people have leveraged Etalog so far, they're able to see that across the company. Um, as Mark will talk about later, we have tremendous you know analytics behind the platform as well that enable people to really kind of gauge and, and kind of look at the business from a metrics perspective in terms of what they're saving. So there's a lot of things about it that, um, you know, enable, enable people to, as I said earlier, come up to speed fast and are able to kind of see things that they couldn't see before. That's really just critical. Like, again, it's and at the end of the day, we're automating stuff that's pretty manual and pretty uh, inefficient and expensive. So let's talk about that solution then and how that automation actually works in practice. So can you all describe in more detail for our audience uh, what E2Log is building 
And in that description, if you could highlight uh, what is most unique about this platform compared to other options on the market today and why. Yeah. So really what we're building, as, as you sort of let off the podcast with, is an enterprise logistics optimization platform. Um, but what is that and what does that mean? Um, basically, it's, it is this digital platform um, that shippers can come and drop into their organization today, their supply chain organization. And really what it does is, is it connects all the parties of the ecosystem uh, necessary to run that full supply chain, right? So it's, it's really this platform that's meant to connect and build, um, you know, a seamless hub of communication, visibility, um, and orchestration across the entire supply chain. So you, in, in effect, you get one place where you can see and do everything related to the planning and execution of your logistics. Um, and more importantly is you create this common set of processes for everybody that you're working with. So whether it's a mom and pop shop um, that's running a small trucking company or whether it's one of the largest freight forwarders in the world, you get this common process and common way of, of interacting with all of those. Um, so the uniqueness of that comes in the way that we built it, right? So our, our, uh, we really have a huge stable of supply chain expertise in our organization, right? So we built it from that expertise and we've really focused on what is the role and job of a supply chain and logistics professional in an organization. So all of our data models, all of the processes and workflows that we built into there are coming with that in mind. So what are the tools? What's the data that's needed to make the right decisions as you're operating? And we started with this expertise baked in. So second, uh, as part of that, we've also made it flexible. Um, so we've used kind of modern development te techniques to really make what we would call maybe a composable supply chain or a composable logistics operation, meaning you can pick and choose from the modules that we offer and configure them in ways that operate uh, the supply chain the way that you would want to do that. And then the third piece, which I sort of alluded to is we bridge the technology gap, right? So very often our customers that we've talked to, they work with the large freight forwarders and some of the freight forwarders have fantastic technology, but very rarely is that the only provider they're working with. Usually it's tens, if not more, uh, uh, service providers that they have to work with. Some of those are really small, uh, especially when you're doing global logistics, you know, you may be working um, in sub-Saharan Africa with a small trucking company. What we've done is bring a technology that really levels the playing field for everybody involved. So that other side of the equation, the service providers work on the E2Log platform as well. So for our customers, whether it's a large freight forward or whether it's a mom and pop shop, um, they basically have a single experience for all of that. And then the last piece, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about this, is we've really made it easy to use. So a big part of this is my background's not in logistics or supply chain at all. Um, and so I brought a lot of varied backgrounds in there from things like uh, the B2C space into there. So my team specifically focuses on building technology that's a lot more accessible and familiar to the apps you're using day to day. If you're booking a ride on Uber, if you're doing an online banking, anything like that. Uh, that's really changed the dynamic, the way that we interact with technology. And, and we've really tried to bring that experience in here, including the whole getting set up and, and implementation perspective, just really, really low barrier to entry and very quick to get started with. One, one thing I wanted to add was that yeah, a lot of our customers, I think, are, are, are used to dealing with platforms where, like I said earlier, requires so much training and so much 
extra consulting to get something up and running. Uh, our approach here at Etalog is, is a lot different, and it's something where, again, people can kind of take some online training courses if they want to, but ultimately, because the UI is so familiar, because of their you know, consumer experiences, as Mark alluded to, uh, they're able to use something much faster, much quicker, and it was designed that way so people could actually use it and ultimately become it becomes more part of their workflow every day that they feel comfortable about. And that's something that um, a lot of platforms don't. People might say, oh, goodness, I've got to get into another you know, software product that I don't like to use or whatever. And that ultimately can be the death of any software platform that does not get used, right? It's all about you know, initial impact and kind of ongoing impact and recurring impact from, from a platform perspective. And I think the platform has been designed to, to do that, which is really, really effective. I'm glad y'all brought that up. And I think it's interesting um, to hear from you, Mark, the emphasis on uh, UI and UX being kind of the differentiator here. Uh, obviously, if it's familiar, it helps with onboarding and training. But what is y'all's strategy for crafting user experience and a user interface that is familiar? And how have you seen that actually have an impact on how people use the platform in the long term? I, I find that very interesting. Yeah, so I'll give you some specific examples, right? Uh, so what we've done in in our, our shipment builder process, for an example, so this is when one of our customers would come in and basically say, here's the, the items I need to move to this part of the world. Um, Really, we took a very, very much an, an Amazon shopping cart type of experience and dropped it in there, right? So rather than the, the typical ways that these things are done through legacy ERP systems that are very um, cumbersome to work with, we basically brought in a consumer centric. Really, what you're doing is you're checking out uh, through a shop, shopping cart experience, right? So uh, really what's happened, interestingly enough, with that is we, we've built a great um, online training and learning platform for our customers to use and for the onboarding process. We've actually had customers say, we don't even need it. Um, this is so easy to use from the shopping cart perspective. I get it. I'm just checking out, putting in the addresses where it's going. And it's like you or I going through and, and buying something uh, online. It's, it's, it's really that easy. So really what we've tried to do through a lot of the UX experiences is we don't look at any other logistics platform out there when we're building. We look at what does this feel like as a user? What What is this action I'm performing? And, and what does it feel like for the most accessible things that I do in my day-to-day -day life? And is there some sort of blend we can do in there? And, and I'll give you one other example. Um, even in the tracking and tracing, we took a lot of our stuff from, from uh, how people view things like planning a trip or, or planning a, a, a flight. Uh, whereas you're booking a hotel, you're booking a flight, you're booking a car. And what we've tried to do is kind of piece that all together in, in, a, in a way that is is similar in how they're going about uh, getting logistics services. So um, interestingly enough, again, um, it's it's really been one of those things where our customers have really resonated with that and said, this is super easy. I get it. I don't need additional training. And in a lot of ways, I think it's a pleasant surprise for them how accessible you know each of these features becomes. Let's talk about under the hood, right? What stack of technologies are uh, supporting the solution? And give us a peek into the strategies that your team used to decide the right tech to build out and support your solution. So just to kind of give you a look under the hood, really, let's start with the architecture that we were influenced by, right? And that's microservices. And that's, that's definitely sort of a, a, a very hot uh, design pattern that we're using here. But 
where it's really helpful for us and why we chose it and we're influenced by it is the flexibility that provides, right? So it allows us to basically pick um, languages and tools and things that are, are best served to solve problems. So we use Java, but we use JavaScript and Python as well. And each one of those uh, across our tech stack uh, is, is used in, it, in its best form in, in the sense for, for solving these problems. Um, and then we've also built on top of AWS. So everything that we've built has been cloud native from the beginning um, using technologies like Kubernetes and things like that. But the AWS tool set is, has really empowered us to go very quickly. Um, and they offer a lot of things, especially as we're now moving from sort of the core application into the more advanced things like AI and machine learning. Um, that's really core to what we're building right now is taking all the data that we gather along the way and then evolving it, right? And, and a lot of the, the, the tools that have really come out in the last few years have really empowered us to go very quickly in that space. So connect the dots then for us of uh, how this is supporting your clients in practice. What are some of the best use cases that uh, you know, you've seen E2Logs solutions in action for and why, right? Why do they stand out? Yeah, so I'll give you kind of two big use cases that support some of the big problems out there, right? So um, first is is really that end-to-end -end visibility. So we had a customer who really had almost no end-to-end -end visibility. They had some visibility. In fact, they had a TMS and they were um, getting some um, indication of when shipments would arrive, but they didn't know what was on the shipment or anything like that. Um, so they would log into the TMS in some instances, they would log into all these different systems because they were using 10 different freight forwarders to move their cargo. So what, what did we do, right? So what did they use our platform for is we sat on top of all those systems, right? And really we became that central um, visibility tool for them to know where their stuff was as it moves along there. Um, really then at that point, they got visibility not just into when was it on a ship, but is it, in, is it stuck in customs? If it was stuck in customs, can I talk to that customs broker through the E2Log platform and unstick it? And these are some of the things that were haunting this organization before, including gathering approvals, um, you know, not knowing when something was, was not moving uh, was, was a big problem. And so we, we unstuck a lot of the things that were getting stuck. But really, the other side of what we do is we notify and push out events um, as they're happening across there. So that was indicating their problem spots as well. So it moved from much more of like a reactive organization where someone would call up and say, where's my stuff? And they'd have to go chase it down to a proactive logistics organization where they'd be notified that something stuck ahead of time and be able to unstick it. And so that was, that was big on the visibility side. And then we had another customer on the cost saving side. Um, they had locked in a contract and they had just renegotiated it um, and had really single sourced all of their business with this provider. And on the whole, they were, they were happy with the delivery service levels, but um, there was a mandate in the company to look for cost savings, right? Uh, so, so what did we do? We brought them our platform, which allowed them to actually bring competition uh, into every shipment. So they used us to bid out every shipment on almost every lane that they had, uh, and the byproduct of that is they actually reduced their costs by well over 20% and they didn't sacrifice anything on the service level side. And so they're able to achieve the same results from a delivery, but at a vastly reduced expense. 
and they again were just scratching the surface on it. We have tools like reverse auctions and things they were they they've been just getting into that are empowering them to drive down costs even more. So those are two really you know common use cases we see, but very specific ones where we've delivered value to customers. Mark, I'm glad you brought up the uh, TMS uh, because you know as your clients adopt these technologies and solutions from E2Log. Uh, I doubt it's going to be a full transformation of every system they have, right? Often it's going to be working in tandem with other investments uh, into management softwares and um, oversight solutions that they've already made. So I'm, I'm curious how you see it interfacing with legacy systems and how your team has worked to make that uh, an important part of the functionality of E2Log solutions. Yeah, a big part of building any platform is how much can you integrate solutions on top of it, right? And so we've spent a, a significant part of our investment in this integration engine that we've built in, right? So we're integrating with ERPs, we're integrating with freight forwarder systems, we're integrating with TMSs, we're integrating with visibility solutions. All of these things are part of, of what we're building in order to do that. And again, customers that, that we have, in some instances, are really happy with some of these solutions, but the constant feedback we provide is it's limited in its scope. It doesn't give me visibility to all my stuff, but it's really good in these pockets. And that's where really we've built it to come in and say, no, you should be able to see everything, keep what you want, what you're happy with, but complement it with the things that we're bringing to the table to do that. And so really with that focus on building a very simple integration ready platform, plus acknowledging and building for integrations with all these other tools has really made it easier easy for our customers to get started. All right, I appreciate y'all's insights so far. We're getting near the end here. So what I wanna do is uh, start to look ahead a little bit without telling us all of E2Log secret sauce here. I know you gotta keep some stuff close to the chest, but what is the team building for the future? What's kinda on the horizons for your solutions? And how do you see those solutions intersecting with where the industry is heading too, right? Connected with the big picture motion in uh, where your clients are, are headed. Yeah. So for us, our North Star is really about building autonomous logistics, right? So we really want to build a solution that can run on its own. And that doesn't mean the people aren't part of it. It just means that the tedious mundane work that gets done to enter things into spreadsheets and things like that goes away. And those supply chain and logistics professionals move upstream to more qualitative functions that they're playing in an organization, right? So our technology becomes sort of that control center for them where they're twisting dials and things like that, but then it runs itself. And that's what's really exciting about this is that's necessary for the supply chain world to move to a data-driven decision-making, but ultimately data-driven uh, self-orchestration as well. Um, a lot of these problems are very solvable with technology and that's, I think, where we're most excited is to help our customers get out of, you know, this, this sort of reactive state of needing to type in everything and do everything manually to really allowing their supply chain teams to um, set a strategy for their logistics operations and then have our platform help them operate it directly. And then I think it's important to close on, you know, just how much E2Log focuses on being a partner with their clients. Often uh, I hear from end users, uh, really uh, anyone uh, launching a new SaaS platform or new um, you know, SaaS solution for their organization that yes, the technology can do a lot of good, but having that helping hand, 
uh, and having someone that um, can grow with the organization and kind of help move the needle as needs change within the organization is just as important. So I'm curious what y'all's strategy is for that. Could you share a bit of how your customer success team actually works to build customer success and uh, what a potential future client of y'all's might be um, you know, hoping for or looking for in this partnership? Sure. I think when you know when you hear on future podcasts from our CEO and other co-founder, you'll hear the term delight our customers. And, and I think from our perspective or my perspective, uh, that's our goal all along is to delight everybody with the platform and the experience that they have working with E2Log and all of our staff across the world. Uh, and we are across the world. We're in, we're in every country, we're in many countries uh, right now. So as you built out a control tower solution for 24-7 global support, our customers will enjoy that. And they'll be speaking to people from a support perspective that have as Mark alluded to earlier, tremendous demand experience, ha having been in the supply chain roles for various large uh, companies across multiple industries, you know, whether it be oil and gas or solar or what have you, these folks all have deep experience really really doing those jobs that people are now using our software to improve their lives with. So um, that kind of support is, is there 24-7, which is really exciting. And really over time, everybody that signs up as a customer will have um, an account management team assigned to them, a customer success person assigned to them. And we'll work with them on, you know, consistently looking at, you know, again, the initial impact I spoke about earlier of, of when we when they buy the software, um, impact as they continue to use the software, and certainly looking for additional opportunity to bring more users onto the platform as the platform gets more and more usability within a customer is going to be really one of our main points. We'll be doing QBRs or quarterly business reviews with, with customers all the time to make sure that we're, we're, we're meeting those expectations, certainly getting back to the idea of delighting our customers. So... That's our main focus, ensuring that we, when we sign a customer, they're successful and they continue with us. At the end of the day, when you're in the software as a subscription business, it's important. It's the most important thing is to sign customers and, and, and retain them, right? So it's all about that, uh, keeping people happy and, as I said earlier, delighting them. So that's our, our main focus, and we'll continue to build the team and content to, uh, to support that effort. And I'm looking forward to digging into more of those on future episodes of the podcast. Uh, we've got another one coming up here very soon. But till then, we'll put a pin in this and look ahead to future important conversations on the logistics and larger supply chain industries. So thank you again to the two of you for your time. Thank you for kicking off the show with a bang and really communicating to our audience what the core vision is for E2Log's technologies, uh, the purpose that is going to serve in the industry and how it connects with the major market motivators and trends that are shaping your clients' needs today. So again, folks, we've been hearing from our two guests, John Donnelly III, co-founder and CRO, and Mark Scott, co-founder and CTO, both with E2Log. Uh, John, Mark, if folks wanna find out more about uh, E2Log's solutions, maybe they wanna get in touch, or they just want to get better acquainted with the company, how can they do so? Well, certainly from my perspective, you can, you can hit me up on email, jd3 at etolog.com, pretty simple. And certainly as, uh, come to our website, take a look there. Our website will be uh, changing rapidly over the next few months with additional content and more things for people to learn. So please go there and look for all the uh, key thought leadership items you might want to look for. Fantastic. Thanks, y'all, again for your time. John, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Looking forward to future conversations. Thanks, Thanks Daniel. Daniel. 
And thank you everyone for tuning into this first episode of Simply Shipped. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want to make sure you don't miss out on those future conversations because we're going to be having many, many important ones on the future of the industry and how we see various oversight and logistics solutions playing an important role to re-empower the shipper, make sure you're heading to our website, e2log.com. Again, e to the number two log.com for all that information for more episodes of the show and to get in touch with our teams and make sure you're subscribing to simply shift on apple podcasts and spotify i'm your host daniel litwin the voice of b2b and we'll catch you on the next episode of simply shift